Hi everyone, I'm Deja. I'm Liv, and you're listening to another episode of the Rebound Pod. I'm really upset that I'm sat down because I could really have broke it down then. Bruck it was it gonna down. be Calypso. Yeah, do you know what? As usual, um I was just finding it a bit difficult to tune in to really mm. um you know pick up what kind of tune you were going for. It would so it be you possible basically give me the responsibility of carrying the icebreakers again. The, I mean, not the icebreakers, sorry, the intro. you know I do resent our dear friend Stephanie from episode five for gassing you up and saying that <laughs> no, you carry you shouldn't the intros. resent her at all, actually. <clears throat> I actually think that it would be better to gas me because then I'm more confident. What I think I might benefit from is a, a, a maybe a genre list so that I know there's some kind of schedule. Like, okay, but then that this... means I have to plan it. And you want it to be spontaneous, to be raw it's and Absolutely. Authentic. I just need the listeners to know... The, for the record to show that my freestyles are off the dome. Oh, yeah. Some weeks I give you Calypso, some weeks I give you disco classics, some weeks I give you club classics, some weeks I give you dance, or some weeks I give you jazz. It's just. Have we had jazz? I didn't we, maybe jazz is next week. Why are you giving the spoilers? Sorry, yeah, it's true. Sorry, sorry. Mm, jazz don't, will don't be spoil win. It for everybody. Yeah, sorry, sorry. That's when I'm going to be scat, but eat that, but that, hard, but eat that, da da. No, not pod, da da. No, I'm screaming. Screaming. How are you, my love? Jinx. Jinx, padlock. Um. Do you remember that? That yeah. was so stupid. You know when you'd be like, Jinx, padlock? And they'd be like, oh, you can't speak. No, I can. <laughs> no, 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 I can. No, no, I can. <laughs> no, but it was actually like, Jinx, personal padlock. And then it was something like, you have to say their name three times or something. Or you have to like, follow them around. And then you can be free. But what I'm confused about is why as children, we were genuinely not speak. Like sometimes the teacher would call your name and they'd be like, but miss, she's on Jinx. Like, are you trying? Like, yeah. You'd be sitting there are you in actually silence. Dumb? What's two plus two? You, what do you mean jinx? Wow. No, it's so true. I, I kind of miss the childhood innocence of being being a child, but also some of the things that we used to do were actually silly. It was really stupid. It was really Like even oh, Kiss Chase. Did you ever play Kiss Chase? In primary school, maybe once, but maybe everyone was running away from me and now I've got Absolutely. PTSD. <laughs> No, the thing is, I was actually just going to say that. I played it half a time. And, like, I obviously used to be fat. So I used to run slow. No one caught me, bro. <gasps> no. People used to run past me. <laughs> you know, only run no, slow in front of your crush. Nah. That's it's a sad time. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Bruv, you'd be running slow in front of your crush on purpose and they'd be chasing the primary painting, like... And you know what the primary painting, blonde hair, blue eyes, that was my primary painting. Bruh, my primary painting um, was it like a peng lighty, but... Um, okay. You actually know, yeah, if you know, you know. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, let's not, let's, you know, it's not, we're not... Let's not. How are you this week? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to relive that. Yeah, moving past the moving swiftly trauma. on. <laughs> no, honestly, it's true. Um, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm feeling um, a bit like 
February is going to be really busy at work, so mm-hmm. I'm just a bit like dragging my feet. Yeah. Um, but the upside, my Wi-Fi is going to be activated tomorrow. Why? Can I just tell you two things that I've struggled with this week as being an independent babe, yeah, living on my own. Yeah. First of all, Talk Talk sent me my Wi-Fi box on Thursday, but refused to activate it until Monday. Ridiculous. And I just need them need to know why they hate me. So like, what what is it that <laughs> like you're basically just flicking a button? And if anyone who's listening works for like a broadband company and can tell me why it takes them two weeks to <laughs> flick a button please tell us because it's actually one of the most frustrating things ever that i've been hotspotting and it's just been the ghetto um so i've just basically been staring at my wi-fi box i turn it on to check whether the wi-fi is working maybe every 12 hours um, right and the button never goes white it's always orange right but this time tomorrow that button's going to be white hey now touch me now touch a button now mm-hmm. is it no Touch your button. Touch your button. I wore. And then. Sorry, sir. Yeah. Make this heat catch me. Oh. Hey, my wet up your shirt like that. And then the second struggle was um, like, I don't think anyone's ever felt. I don't think I've ever felt the panic of waiting for a delivery of a doorbell when your doorbell doesn't work. <laughs> that stress <laughs> was. The biggest stress I've experienced in a long time, and I know it's a first world problem, but when your doorbell doesn't work right. and everyone else's doorbell works, you don't want people to hate you by right. the post person ringing the, their, their doorbell, doorbell and it's yeah. not for them. Yeah. So I changed the delivery instructions so many times and then it turns out I got an email saying it's been delivered. I was like, where, hun? Where? <laughs> I, it's not, I can't not see it. Not my yard. <laughs> Literally not mine. Um, but it was downstairs by the door and I was like, thank God. So I did it. I put up the doorbell like 8am the next day because I was like, I can't be dealing with that stress again. And now it's a cute little sound. It's like, ding dong, ding dong. (laughs) Like most bells. (laughs) Yep. Lovely. No, but some are like fancy. Oh, oh, okay. Mine is just basic, but I think it's cute because it's mine. So it's cute. Anyway, how are you? (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm okay. Um, I can't believe that it's going to be Feb tomorrow. Um, Scary. The month of love, everybody. Um, I'm just going to continue to love myself. <laughs> um, love that. And, um, yeah, I, I think that February is always quite cute because Pancake Day as well. Um, oh, yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to get that in my belly. Um, and it's 28 days. So it, I just feel like quick four weeks, bang it out, done. We're in March. Quick, like, it's just... After the 75 days of January. Do you know what I mean? the 28 days of Feb. So hopefully it will right. go that way. Yeah, I just... Yeah. So mm. I, I quite like February. I think it's short and sweet. Mm. Um, what was I going to ask you? Are you giving anything up for Lent this year? I don't know. So like... I've decided... Okay, so... Um, those that obviously listen to pod know that I'm a pescatarian. Um, have been for five years, almost six in May. Yeah, six years. Um, and so <laughs> I thought. Remember, I told you before, Deej. Like, okay, yeah, I think I want to be a vegetarian. I want to be a vegan, and I don't. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I've decided I don't because I love fish so much, <laughs> and mm. I didn't realize. And like this week, I didn't do it for the whole week, but for like Monday to Friday maybe Sunday to Friday um I didn't eat any fish and like I really enjoyed it because I made some on sick purpose meal. or did you yeah yeah on perp on perp okay. and like I think perp. all my all my dinners were actually vegan I might have had butter during the day um but yeah all, mm. all my dinners were vegan and it was delicious 
but I just wanted fish. Um, so yeah. that's the only thing I really like giving up is like trying doing little like food stuff. Um, so I don't know what I'm going like to give up. Like food challenges. Yeah. But I don't know what I'm going to mm. give up or actively do this time. Um, yeah. Keep us posted. Because I feel like you always pick something quite cool. Like your control, your self-control, like that year that you gave up chocolate for the whole year. Like, bruv, hun? do you know why I think it's so weird? Because I was 11. So I feel like what kind of fucking 11 you, year Was it year seven? <laughs> yeah. It was like year six oh to year seven. Gosh. Yeah. Like what? What kind? What? Who does that? What child thinks? Yeah, you. I know what I. Can <laughs> I think that's so weird. Like, <laughs> oh woo. my gosh! I'm no, cracking up so at you child well. me. Like, I'm. It's <laughs> jokes. Um, oh, so yeah, her. I'm not sure, but I will. I will definitely keep you guys posted. Okay, should we get into the icebreaker, Honey Bunny? Let's get into it. Um, we're going to do a little quiz um, talking about the life of influencers um, because I feel like they, over lockdown, have been quite a busy group of people. I'm not <laughs> sure if have. you saw the interview where Holly Willoughby was cussing out the, in- the influencer who's currently in Dubai, um, hoping to like influence and like inspire people <gasps> yeah. from Dubai. <laughs> and Holly was like, Wouldn't, couldn't you do stuff here? And she's like, yeah, but I can do stuff. I could do stuff in the UK, but I'm in Dubai. <laughs> and Holly was like, mm. <laughs> Right, okay, cool. Oh, jeez. Um, so, yeah, this, this quiz is quite interesting. So, are you ready? Do you have your influence? Wow. wow. Your influencer hat on. <laughs> I do have my influencer hat on. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so we have 20 questions. Are you ready, Olivia? Let's go. First things first, approximately how many influencers are on Instagram as of 2019? So, it's a couple of years old, but A, 250,000. B, 500,000, C, 750,000, or D, a milli? Oh. A milli, a milli, I'm going to say, in 2019, I'm actually going to say 750,000. Okay, is that your final answer, Olivia? No, 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 500,000, sorry. And that is correct. Yes. As of 2019, there were there are more than 500,000 active influencers on Instagram alone, which caters for 39% of all accounts. Wow. Among this group of influencers, 81% possess between 15 and 100,000 followers. Damn. Bruh. Right, next question. With roughly 7.7 million followers on Instagram, Jamie Oliver ranks high on the list of social media influencers. What is his area of expertise? Hmm. A, food. Yeah. B, beauty. <laughs> I was going to say chefins, but... <laughs> A, sh- not chefins. <laughs> I know. Not Julie that's Oliver. What... That's why <laughs> I thought Julie pack Oliver. it in, Olivia. <laughs> pack it in. Literally. <laughs> Um, okay, so yes, that's correct. British chef and restaurant owner Jamie Oliver is best known for his all-inclusive cuisine when he's making stupid jerk rice. Right. Oh, <laughs> the other day, I went to Aldi and they were <sighs> selling West African peanut stew with chickpeas. And I was like, I'm not West African or nothing, but this just doesn't feel right. It don't sound right. It doesn't feel right. <laughs> nah, it's not right. Um, and it was in the vegan section. And I was just I just don't really know... And they also said with red rice. And I was like, is that red rice like jollof? Or is that red red rice rice. like black rice, red rice? I just wasn't sure. And it was just a bit too much for me. I should have bought it for the lows, to be honest. (laughs) Um, But yeah, his all-inclusive cuisine apparently has led to multiple television shows and restaurants. And criticism, I should add. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. 
As of February 2020, who is the most followed man on Instagram? A. Dwayne Johnson B. Lionel Messi C. Cristiano Ronaldo or D. Kevin Hart uh, February 2020, I want to mm-hmm. say... It might be The Rock. Okay, I'm in between. Okay, I'm going to go for Dwayne Johnson. I am. Is that your final answer? Yeah. That is incorrect, my darling. As of February 2020, Portuguese footballer Cristiano Ronaldo is the most followed person on Instagram. Really? He has over 240 million followers. What the hell? Yeah. That wow. shit is crazy. Who were, who were you torn between? Um, the Rock and... And Lionel Messi. Oh, uh, okay, okay. That makes sense. I think Lionel Messi had quite a few, to be fair. Um, which social media star released a viral YouTube video, How to Trick People into Thinking You're Good Looking, in 2010? <laughs> I know. Was it A, Liza Koshy, B, Jenna Marbles, C, Trisha Paytas or D Lily Singh I do not know who the title alone is problematic (laughs) I literally do not know who any of those people are oh you might recognize some of them yeah that's the one I recognize yeah um she may have done that I'm just gonna go for her because she's the only name that I know incorrect jenna marbles rocked the youtube world when she released a viral video how to trick people into thinking you're good looking in 2010 this video was viewed a staggering 5.3 million times in its first week (gasps) alone what oh my gosh can you imagine how many insecure teenagers are watching that and they're like oh how can i be good looking bro that's really sad that's mental wow um i'm gonna uh, click through the next one because it's a picture one and you can't see who it is but mm-hmm. i got it right so yeah so that goes yeah. one point for you <laughs> right thank you thank you <laughs> so while the pay range for influencers is determined by many factors experts estimate the average pay for a sponsored post is x per a hundred thousand followers is it a one thousand b five hundred c five thousand or d ten thousand is this how much, how many US dollars per, um... Yeah, per 100,000 followers. Um, sorry, can you give me them again, please? Of course. A, $1,000. B, $500. C, $5,000. Or D, $10,000. I think maybe $5,000 per 10,000 influencers. Per 100,000 followers. I mean, 10,000... F- Oh, 100,000. Yeah. Okay, then I think it's D. D. 10,000? Yeah. If this if it is, it's mad. Oh, incorrect. According to experts, the rates for one sponsored post can range from £50 to over 50000 In general, the average is $1,000 um, per 100,000 followers. So if you've got 200,000 oh. followers, you get 2000 per post, which is crazy. That is insane. That's, That's like... Insane. Your salary for the month. Bruv. And imagine, that's 100,000 followers and they're saying that the average people have between 15K and, like, uh, like imagine having... Okay, so then imagine having, like, 3 million followers on Instagram. 
Exactly. Oh my gosh, that's so true. I wish I could do the maths. I can't, but I know I that can't, that's I can't. The maths isn't mathsing, but I know it's big bucks. And then you can even, like, that's the rank, that's the average, but you would be able to charge more because you're like, this is my engagement. These are my that's followers. So this is my reach. Wow. Oh yeah, because they have to know all of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's mad. Yes. That is mad. Um, I actually saw a tweet. Let me see if I can find it really quick. And it was mm-hmm. of one of my fave, like, Bayesian influencers. And she was talking about how to, um, like, add up your your fees. Let me see if I can find it. Oh. Yeah, so she said your base rate should be between 5 to 9% of the number of followers you have. And then add additional charges if your engagement is above 5%. And then additional charges if they have specific um, needs. And depending on how much notice they give you. And if you have a team record, if you have a team recording, charge them extra. Damn. Yeah. yeah, mad. Um, but I guess they gotta get their money somehow. I'm telling you. Um Okay. So as of February twenty twenty, who is the most followed woman on Instagram? A Kylie Jenner, B Selena Gomez, C Ariana Grande, or D Beyonce. I thought it was Taylor Swift, but she's not even in the account. Okay, yeah, I feel like um, she dropped out. To one of these people, I think, actually. Yeah. I think... Sorry, what was the first two? Kylie Jenner, Selena Gomez. Uh, or Ariana Beyonce. I, it's between Ariana and Kylie, I think. Um, mm. Obviously, it should be the Queen Beyonce, but I'm going to say Kylie Jenner. Incorrect. Oh. As of February 2020, Ariana Grande was the most followed woman on Instagram. That's Amazingly, bitch. this singing sensation has over 175 million loyal followers. What? That is Matt. 175 million. What the hell? No, her sponsored posts are up. That's that's ridiculous. 175 million. She is amazing, though. Yeah. For all of my pretty. Sorry. Sing it, girl. <laughs> I was really waiting for you to. I know, do you know? I was thinking mm-hmm. of another song. Friday for 35. 30 for 35. Yeah, the song's called 34 35. Like 34 35 or 30 for 35. No, no, no. So the title of the song is 34 plus 35. But when she sings it, she just says, Can you stay up all night? Beat me to the. Th-. Beep. I just said beep. It shouldn't say beat. Sorry. Oh, okay, okay. Beat me to the daylight. Thirty for thirty-five. I hope you guys like my vocals. Um, and for those of you that don't know what the song is about, um, just do the sum thirty-four plus thirty-five. <gasps> I just clocked. What... Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, I couldn't believe it. We can talk about that in a minute because I think her yeah. ability to transcend this like youth-like, like um thing that people have given her this youth like persona is very very interesting um okay let's do a couple more so with Mm -hmm. roughly a hundred thousand followers on instagram annette white's social media account is no joke what is her area of expertise i have no clue who this person is by the way a food b travel c cars or d sports i'm gonna say food incorrect so annette white okay do you know what (laughs) author adventurer and founder of the award-winning travel blog bucket list journey not only is she highly successful on instagram but her blog has over a hundred thousand monthly readers 
That's mad. That's amazing. Go on, Miss White. Um, okay, I want you to pick a question that you know I'm going to get the answer right because I think at this point... That's not how these quizzes work. <laughs> I, I think at this point I've got two or three out of what? Nine? Ten? No, you, you have. You've got... Okay, so your average is 38% correct, but we haven't done the whole... We haven't done the whole quiz, so that's averaging about 76. So that's not too bad. Yeah, but I just want to get another one right. Pick one I'm going to know, please. That's literally not how it works. But I'm going to pick this next question and I feel like you might get it right. I'm sending sending you the good vibes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. According to Wikipedia, influencer marketing is a form of social media marketing involving endorsements and product placement, endorsements and appropriate postures, skilled camera usage and product placement, or skilled camera usage and appropriate postures. Endorsement and product placement. I think so too. Let's see. Correct. Yes. Influencer marketing is heavily dependent on strategic endorsement and product placement from influencers who are people with substantial social influence in a specific field. Interesting. Let's see if you would get the next one right. But if not, it's fine. Oh, okay. If I get it wrong, I'm not playing anymore. I'm just letting you know. I'm just letting you know. Should we just leave it here then? Or do you want to just going to quit while you're ahead? You know when it's sometimes it's sometimes it's better to leave on a high. Do you know what I mean? So this this is your choice now. So what, what do you want to do? Oh, do you know what? Let's leave on a high. I'm, let's leave on a I... high. The next question was about James Charles. So we'll leave, let's leave we'll on a high. That yeah. there, shall we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll leave that there. Okay. So yeah, I mean, we did speak a little bit about Ariana Grande and you know thirty four mm-hmm. plus thirty five. I'd really blew my mind when you when you said it together you. i was like okay cool um but did you want to kind of introduce the topic and then we can go on yeah sure thing um so today we basically wanted to talk about how the patriarchy is killing my people figuratively and literally yeah. um and specifically in terms of the restrictions and limitations that are placed on women so we're gonna be dissecting it um for the purpose of this conversation into Mm -hmm. the impact this has on white women and the impact that this has on black women and white girls and black girls Mm -hmm. um so yeah we kind of mentioned ariana grande and how she is seen as this kind of like pop she's obviously like a pop icon um and even in I, I, princess of the ponytail princess of the ponytail obviously because of her history with disney she's got this kind of innocence surrounding her um but mm. and and you know her a lot of her fans are young teens and stuff but she sings adult songs like a lot of her songs mm. have adult content which she's allowed to because she is an adult <laughs> so how old is she i want to say she's like 28 oh wow she's a big smuddy I'm sure she's a big smile. Um, and so this kind of leads into the recent um controversy with Zoella. Mm. Um, so for those of you that don't know, Zoella is a British blogger. Um, she's also an author, and she has a um website where they just talk about loads of different things. Now, Zoella is 30 years old, guys. I want you to remember this Big three as, as we go through these discussions. Um, and so basically, she apparently was used in the GCSE syllabus. AQA were using her. Apparently, she 
wasn't even asked about this. Yeah. Um, and they were using her website um, as content for, I don't know what exam, I assume maybe English or media or whatever. Um, and basically on her website, she um, has a team that she works with. And one of the articles they did were um, reviewing like, um, they weren't even reviewing the sex toys. They put, compiled a list of the most popular sex toys um, mm. online and information about them, how to get them, etc. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's come out that AQA or, or whatever exam board have pulled her from their exam syllabus content because um, because she's producing adult content um, and it's and it's inappropriate. Um, and this kind of shows the patriarchy and everything that is wrong in society because mm. Zoella is a British blogger she's a woman she is 30 years old now she herself has said that her main audience is 25 to 35 year old women um yeah. and I guess that there's a lot of young teens that maybe do watch Zoella I think she's done beauty before and stuff but mm. ultimately her audience is an adult audience if people want to see her as a young innocent young white girl when she's 30 years old that's, that's their, their problem. prerogative Right. <laughs> that is their own problem but what we cannot do is police adult women for talking about and discussing adult content on their adult website because you decided that you thought her content was childlike <laughs> yeah yeah that's your problem but also didn't you say that the example didn't consult her that they wanted to use her for the syllabus yeah yeah so how can they and be getting upset if like she's posting stuff without even you have even told her that you're going to use her. So you haven't even, even told her. She was a bad influence on these children. She wouldn't even know mm-hmm. because she didn't know that she was being used for it. What? Exactly. And perhaps, like, if they had told her, she maybe would have said, okay, the website is set, has different, you know, sections, so avoid this section, but maybe mm. the wellness section might be really good for the teens to look at if you want to analyse. Whatever, mm. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, the fact that they're penalising her on something that is void and also like even how the newspapers and stuff on one of the newspapers it was front page news i said this must be a slow front news page day. because i know when we've got a whole world pandemic there's free vaccines going around yeah. and all of this stuff and you want to talk about a 30 year old woman that spoke about sex stories on her on her website you're upset wow. like it's the expectation and, isn't yeah. it because i think it's i'm glad that zoella said that her her audience is between 25 and 35 because i remember seeing zoella like years ago when i was like into mm-hmm. daily vlogs and i used to watch um louis uh what was his name louis cook i think but he had like a different mm-hmm. name um but he was friends with like zoella and her then boyfriend i'm not sure if they're still together um mm-hmm. but I feel like her audience has grown and aged with her, which is, yeah. I think, which is slightly different to um, stars like Ariana Grande because I feel like mm-hmm. the, the audience kind of stays the same age. Um, but yeah. I do think that with YouTubers, where it's like lifestyle is concerned, your audience will grow with you because they start with yeah. you and they continue. Um, so the fact that her audience is the same age as her or maybe slightly mm-hmm. younger, all of legal age, when we're talking about yeah. the majority of the audience... I just feel like it was inappropriate for the GCSEs to even use her. I know that they're trying to use, like, um, be current and stuff like that, but you can't... People aren't beyond reproach. They're not beyond, like, doing something that's inappropriate, especially if you don't tell them what you're using them for. What's that about? Exactly, yeah. I think think it's utterly ridiculous, (laughs) and I think it's just another way to, like 
police women because why shouldn't she be able to talk about that? Like, mm. like the, the, the way it was kind of portrayed in, in the media was like she was out there corrupting the minds of teenagers. Mm. And I just feel like also it, it, it brings in another argument that like, okay, is the, and I'm not necessarily saying that 15, 16 year olds need to know about sex toys because I don't think they do. Mm. But it's also another conversation about it being like so conservative and crude like oh my god they can't know that like mm. do you know what these 16 year olds are doing yeah <laughs> right so i feel <laughs> like there's probably some content on her website that it actually wouldn't harm harm the young girls yeah. by having a more expert and older and mature and responsible voice talking about sex and relationships and stuff like that and what is healthy mm. and what isn't um but i just think yeah the way they dragged her for it was completely ridiculous mm. um and she's an adult and i think that we see that quite a lot with um white women who grow through the medium through like societal lens mm. um so even like say Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera again, Ariana Grande. Mm. Even mm-hmm. if you think about in England, like Little Mix and stuff, mm. they're people that they they start really young in in the industry, um, and although they grow up, they're still kind of forced to be seen as this young innocent mm. holy can't talk about sex like if they talk about boys it just needs to be like cute and friendly but not anything yeah. too inappropriate um and like I think of although we were so young I it would be silly for me to try and say I remember the backlash because I don't but I'm sure even Christina Aguilera like when she did the song Dirty she was probably seen as like what yeah, are you doing Christina really by, yeah yeah um and you know Britney Spears and I know we spoke about her in previous episodes there's a lot going on with Britney right now but even mm. for Britney's whole life I feel like she's been made to continue this kind of innocent even I don't her have voice. a voice yeah, yeah, like yeah. Even her voice, apparently her singer voice is deeper, but like they tell her to sing yeah. in a higher voice because it keeps the kind of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse vibe about her. Which is crazy because these are adult women and you're mm. suppressing them and you're not allowing them and people want to say like, oh, well, you're not a good role model to young teens. Well, maybe be your, be your own child's role model then. Mm. Like, why should... I don't know, Leanne from Little Mix not be able to put a picture in a bikini on her Instagram. She's an adult. <laughs> because you're sexualising her. It's not that she's sexualising herself. Right. Society is sexualising right. her. That, that's what I find um, really interesting. The way that patriarchy works is that it makes the sexualization of women, women's problem, when it's actually society yeah. doing it. And it's, oh, you oh, shouldn't wear you. this. You shouldn't do that. But actually, no, like mm-hmm. society shouldn't put that on me, that my nipples yeah. are for like social and sexual consumption. They're actually just a body part. Yeah. Like, what, how, how did we get here? And I think that it's in complete <laughs> contrast, complete mm. contrast to um, the experience of black women and black girls. Um, and mm. I know we've wanted to talk about this for quite some time, um and like specifically like the adultification of um black girls i need to remember not to say black women because this is the whole point that's literally what it Um, is so pretty much from when we're out the womb us black girls are made to feel um like we need to grow up tomorrow Mm. (laughs) literally in 12 hours instantly Mm -hmm. (laughs) literally after your first night feed grow up (laughs) (laughs) yep Learn how to cook, take your younger siblings to school, yep. clean, 
um, wash the meat. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't forget to put the food in the Tupperware and into the freezer. Yeah. Wash the bath. Everything. Iron your clothes for school tomorrow. <laughs> Walk yourself to to and from school. Yeah. Um, and and sign the form because I can't find the letter. Right. Um. So. Yeah, I just feel like those are the, those are the things that are put on black girls mm. that they have to be seen, um, they have to grow up and they have to be seen as adults. And the reason why this is so damaging is because they are children mm. until they are eighteen by mm. law. And when you when you put this adult ad, adult kind of concept onto children it means that you view them as adults when they are not mm. children. So what this then leads to is you know predatory men seeing young girls as women because oh because she looks grown oh because i saw Mm -hmm. her walking out at this she acts grown she acts grown Mm. she's this so so from from a family point of view they're like oh we just want you to grow up and be responsible for when you marry a man you can be a good wife boring Mm. yeah (laughs) (laughs) no it's so true but then also like if we just quickly talk about black boys as well i feel like the adultification of of black boys more so happens in society it doesn't really happen in the home in the way that like the adultification of black girls happens yeah but when you think about the way that black boys are adultified by society it means Mm -hmm. that they're seen as more threatening they're seen as um a threat to white women thieves um deviants because even if you criminals gangs in literally all of that because there was a case um in i think it was new york and Mm -hmm. there was a girl called i think her name's mia she was like 22 and she thought that this 14 year old black boy stole her phone in the hotel lobby and she basically tackled him to the ground and he didn't have her phone but in all of the kind of media around it she was like i thought he stole it and she was basically justifying her own um, her own actions mm-hmm. and then she was saying but me as a black girl I'm just a young girl she's 22 so she's legal she's absolutely legal yeah. but the way that you have framed this young black boy mm-hmm. to be this criminal mm-hmm. has meant that you're trying to justify your actions by framing him as an adult yeah. Yeah. and calling him a guy she didn't call him a boy she called yeah. him a guy yeah. so even when we think about that in terms of like the criminalization of black boys yeah. Yeah. it's through adultification yeah. but then when you look at it through the gaze of black girls that's when you see that both in our families and in society, mm. we suffer disservice. And that's where the misogynoir comes in because we get it from every angle. So when we think about adultification just in our families, when we think about it in the media, that's why these black celebrities can be making music um, at whatever age and they don't face the same backlash as white mm-hmm. women because mm-hmm. we're seen to be adult and over-sexualised yeah. and hyper-sexualised from the age w- when we have boobs. Yeah. That's just that's just how it is. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm... I mean, can we just take a moment to just take in with the <laughs> rewind it, reload it, um, pull it up, <laughs> because pull it. because you're absolutely <laughs> right. Like everything you said, hit the nail on the head. And I think even when we go back to you know in the in the home in the family, it's actually like the the sisters and the daughters mm. that are made to look after their brothers, their dads, their uncles, yeah. granddad, who, who, whatever other men are in the household. Um, so mm. even that within themselves, and, and this is what makes it even more complex, because those same boys are babied in the home, they go outside, yeah. they're treated as adults, they're getting stopped and searched, they're going to school, they're, they're being screamed at, they're being kicked out of the lesson because they're seen as this big, angry black man when they're a 12-year-old black mm. boy. 
who their little mm. sister still and has. And they're treated as such in the home. Exactly. Right, exactly. Mm. That, like, they're still in the home where their little sister's saying, oi, wipe your mouth, man. You've got food at the side of their mouth. They're babied yeah. in the home. Then they go outside mm. and they're seen as scary men. Um, and That's so interesting, actually, because... I don't know if you... So, in the episode with Ola, and mm-hmm. she spoke about her... Is that episode 19 or episode... Big, bad and wearing a badge. Yeah. We'll, we'll confirm in a second. Um, she was talking about being with her cousin when he got stopped and searched. And although he's younger than her, he was kind of looking to her for, like, support. And that... Although, like I said, she is older than him and it isn't the idea that she's younger and then um, she's been adultified in the home mm-hmm. and he hasn't. I, I think that there's something in black boys and black men looking to black girls for this support because we're meant to be the the ones that provide that support Mm -hmm. and have the answers Mm -hmm. when actually we're just as scared as they are but because we're we're adultified and black women have put like there's so much pressure on us to just get shit done Mm -hmm. not to complain get on with it which is then related to the fact that the healthcare industry doesn't take our pain threshold Mm -hmm. seriously that's Mm -hmm. a whole different conversation we're we're expected to have all the answers and we don't have the answers yeah we're, we're just children. But because of the fact that if you do something that makes you seem more childlike, for example, there was a time when my family went on holiday to Gibraltar mm-hmm. and it was like an extended family holiday. So it was my immediate family, my mum and dad, my brother, me, my auntie, her partner, her, uh, my cousin, my grandma, and then a couple of other family members uh-huh. as well. And when we were in... That sounds the, lit. Um, I was about to say the hospital. It, it, was, it was a nice holiday. <laughs> and when we were in the airport, um, I was playing in like the children's like playhouse thing. I was mm-hmm. maybe 11. Okay. So I was a child. You so was a child. The children's playhouse wasn't a weird place for me to be. Mm. <laughs> and then my auntie and my grandma were saying to my mum, like, oh, why is Deja? She's too big to be in the playhouse. Da, 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 da. And mum was like... But it's a playhouse for children. So Deja's gonna play in the it's playhouse. Child, yeah. And my I know that my my family members have my best interest at heart. They yeah, love yeah. me wholeheartedly. But that just shows you how ingrained adultification is yeah. that because I'm the oldest grandchild, I'm black and I'm a girl mm-hmm. and I have younger siblings, I'm expected to be sitting with the adults reading magazines when everyone else is playing. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I was sick of it. And that was usually me when I was a child. But at that time I was like, I wanna play. So I'm going to play. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's dangerous, man. It, it makes black girls feel like they can't do things that they actually want to do because they're worried it's going to be childish or looked on a certain way. Um, yeah, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And I think as, as well, just to add on that, when, when that happens for so many years, you get to a point where maybe you do want to, you know, everyone, no matter what colour, ethnicity, race, whatever culture you come from, at maybe 14, you want to be a badass bitch. You know what I mean? You think you're mm, older and everything. Absolutely. And I think at that point is when the turn happens where the, this young black girl has been conditioned for so many years that she's a big woman, a big woman, a big woman. She's got big breasts, big hips, mm. big bum, big whatever. She's a big woman. She's got big girl hairstyles. She's wearing makeup, whatever. All these things she's mm. been conditioned. She's been looking after her, her younger siblings, takes them to school. She makes dinner. She All this stuff that really is framed as just oh preparation for when you're an adult but when you go to uni and you see a lot of your your white counterparts you're at uni who have are are burning the fish fingers in the grill not the fish fingers oh hang on (laughs) you're like hang on a minute so have you not been cooking since you were seven because i used to stand on a stool by the oven right it's (laughs) so for me what, what like what i'm confused like what weren't you doing because 
think it actually forces us it makes us think that you know those other people that don't have these life skills mm-hmm. and I like as if they don't have any brought-upsy yeah but actually I can't remember I said brought-upsy I love the word brought-upsy <laughs> you know what also the word that also came to mind is uh, the phrase force ripe the idea that as in Jamaica mm. if you're a girl and you are seen to be growing up too quickly despite the fact that there's a societal pressure to grow up quickly people will call you force ripe but anyway go on yeah. so talking about the brought-upsy um yeah and then like, yeah, so then we're then judging them. Like, oh, don't they have any home training, as people would say, just in case you know what brought up he meant. Um, <laughs> but actually, they are children. At uni, you're 18. So you are just an adult. So sure, mm. there should have been a bit of training. I'm not saying they should be burning the fish fingers <laughs> when you're age 18. There should have been a bit of training from 16 upwards if you're preparing yeah, to move out. Little like, rice, little pasta. In the local... Do you know what I mean? In the local mm. authority, we call this preparation for adulthood independent living skills, just Get for it, example. Girl. Get it, girl. Um, but, thank you. Thank you. Um, but actually, we, yeah, we're made to feel so grown that that can, like, result in sometimes us being in unsafe and risky situations mm. because we think we're older than we are. Yeah. Then predatory men, and I'm going to specifically talk about men because facts are facts. Predatory men, statistics are statistics. Stats are stats, predatory, baby. <laughs> predatory men um, take advantage of that mm. and then, like, here we are. Do you know what I mean? And then there's people in unsafe situations and then you know god forbid but when there are negative outcomes people are like oh she was always grown beyond their years yeah because yeah, you told her she was grown when she was 10 exactly yeah? yeah that's that's why this has happened yeah um we need to be more responsible like with the way that we raise our children and i think i'm hoping that the change will come as as terms like adultification are coined and used to describe the way that black mm-hmm. girls are brought up because we've got to do better we really can't be expecting mm-hmm. just because you're a black girl oh you know how to season the meat you know when to take it out of the freezer all of that stuff just seems to <laughs> just means to be dashware because it's it has like knock-on Im- effects on everything else on absolutely everything 100. else it affects the way that we're sexualized it affects the way that we're treated outside of the home in the home at school it's just it's just a lot it's a lot um, but then I also think, like, when we think about the fact that black girls are adultified and um, how we use that um, almost in our favour. So, so I'm not sure how this is going to land, but l- let me hear me out as I process this thought. So <laughs> okay. say girls who are on TikTok yeah. or Instagram or they're influencers or something and they're seen as like growing beyond their years um, so they can gain popularity more quickly because being black is cool, right? So then they use that coolness and their adultness to um, create a TikTok challenge. For example, it goes viral, whatever. Um, they... They are then going to be criticised for being too young to have started a challenge. Let's use the Busset Challenge, for example, yeah? I don't know who started the Busset Challenge, but let's say, for example, it's a black girl who's maybe about 15, 16 who started the Busset Challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, So then she's going to be criticised for doing something that's too adult-like. But actually, for all of her life, she's been told that she needs to be older. And then she's seeing girls who are her age and maybe even slightly younger, non-black girls, putting on digital blackface to do these challenges and then gaining more success. I just feel like the cycle, <laughs> you can't make this shit up. You cannot make this shit up. Um, and yeah, let's, let's go into digital blackface. Tell, give the people your definition, our definition. Yeah, so digital blackface is when non-black people um, do things, um, put on accents or blackcents as they call them. Oh, blackcents. 
mm, would associate them with black culture and therefore increase their proximity to coolness or mm-hmm. likability or being able to fit in or being marketable, being marketable. I was about to say marketableness. I'm definitely not dancey. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> so I think there's probably a more succinct way of saying it, but it's basically a way that um, that idea that blackness is cool, but not when it's with black people. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that is what digital blackface is. So making money from making yourself look a bit more racially ambiguous because it increases your proximity to blackness. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're far away from blackness. You're far enough away to not be considered a threat to people. So it's just yeah. getting that nice teetering balance between the two. Right. Um, and I guess we saw that this week, didn't we, with the Snapchat um, yeah. news article. So, um, you know, on Snapchat, guys, there's like subscriptions and whatever. So there's one of them. I, I don't subscribe to any, but they're just still there. Elite Daily. I don't know who they are, guys. If you can tell them to fix up, that'd be great. <laughs> um, so basically, they were talking about the Bassett Challenge. So so the... the Bassett. Uh, Bassett. 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 Is you? Working. Have you done yours Deja? yet, Deja? Right. I knew you were going to ask me that. And I just <laughs> haven't had the time. I've been moving in, redecorating. Just right. it's not been the time. Not been the time. Right. Right. Um, but now there's a whole new silhouette challenge. So which one do the people want me to do? Do you know what I mean? I just that don't one, really know. That one is sexy up. That one looks... And you know what? Can you imagine? Imagine your locks just like flowing. Obviously, because your locks are mad long and that. Oh, you're gassing me still. Yeah, you're locks are mad lo- So then when you do the head swish and... and, and you I'll know. knock myself out and then it'll be embarrassing for right. everyone because you lot pressured me into doing it. So when I knock myself out from doing the silhouette challenge, I, just, I don't want to hear a pin. Don't want to hear it. Don't fucking hear it. I am screaming. Um, but okay, yeah. So on Elite Daily, so I think the the title and the cover of of before I clicked on it was like, um, is it Chloe or Haley? I think it's Chloe. It was like oh, um, no, it was Jordan Woods. It said Jordan Woods um, TikTok goes viral or something like that, right? So mm. I clicked on it. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, so I clicked, and it's Jordan Woods doing the Busset Challenge. And then it showed, um, maybe then it showed Chloe um, mm. doing, no, she didn't do Busset, so it was someone else. Anyway, someone else. Someone She's else done the Silhouette was... Challenge, though. Have you seen it? Bro. Holy moly. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Sexy up. Nice. Actually, I don't even bad. have the words for that one. <laughs> it's I actually... the words. But and do you know what? I remember that song. I don't know if you remember it. That song used to be on a playlist from uni, like from a certain DJ that we know. Sing it for me. Is it the DJ Early that we don't want to talk mo- about? Yeah. Early okay. in the morning when I think about you. But, and it goes, I can fuck you all the time. Yeah. Oh, it's that song. I knew it sounded familiar. But I okay. actually don't know the song. I only know that segment because I remember it used to be... In, in that DJ's. In the mix. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. um, anyway, mm. so... Uh, <laughs> Leave that one there. Mm. <laughs> so they were talking about the Busset Challenge and they were showing different celebrities and people that have done the Busset Challenge. But I just found it quite interesting... Quite. Quite <laughs> interesting that <laughs> only, there was only two black women that they showed in the Busset Challenge and everyone else were white women. Now, on the surface, you guys might be like, well, why is this an issue? I hear you ask, and I'm going to answer. Why are you making everything about race? What's so now? What? Mm. What now? People can't do TikToks because you are not black. Why are you make? Just hear me out, okay? In fact, just hear listen. Bring your ear. Bring your ear hole. Um, 
so what this does is this is essentially digital blackface like Dee just talking about mm-hmm. so it's not to say that white women can't do the busted challenge because literally no one said that but i found it very interesting that a challenge that is predominantly like black women have done and mm. featured in would be shown in an article and there would be one and a half black women in mm. it and all the rest out of i think there was maybe nine people that they featured um seven of them were white it was jordan woods and nikita dragon was in it that was that was literally it mm. and like that's just another way that like things are misconstrued and 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 um what's the word like you take stolen. away from black women appropriated. yeah basically yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah yeah appropriated stolen everything it's because we make the challenges popular but then the way that it's marketed is by using white women yeah that's why when that girl yeah. did the what's the stance <laughs> i don't even know but i love renegade it. is it renegade oh yeah renegade renegade like she two white girls got invited to go on tour with someone to do the renegade dance as That's they're opening insane. act meanwhile little black girl sat in her bedroom creating new tiktok oh. dances because she hasn't been contacted to go on tour with anybody then Crazy. it just so happened that i think everyone was just like nah bro you can't be asking these two girls to be going on tour with you mm-hmm. and you've actually got the creator of the renegade dance bro um, one dm away nah fix up so that's that's the fixed problem that i have with digital blackface that because you can pick and choose which black things you want to feed into you mm-hmm. then become mm-hmm. more marketable than actual black women and black girls do yeah. and that to me is a problem yeah. so that's not necessarily a white woman's problem but the fact that they yeah, benefit yeah. from that because of white media is a huge problem Mm-hmm. yeah 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 it's a it's a societal problem because again no one's saying that oh if you're white you can't do this challenge or can't that's not what we're saying but the way in which it's portrayed someone that has never heard of the busset challenge are not going to mm. realize that this is a challenge that has been dominated by black women and it's celebrating black women and f- you know for us it's so nice and like you know maybe if you're not black you won't get this but for us as black women i can only speak for myself but it's so nice to see us featured in such positive light and mm. you know being really appreciated as creatives because as much as people think that oh it's just tiktok like that's actually sick like to make a challenge and yeah. it to go viral and you're you're showing yourself looking a bit basic and then you know you're dancing it's also like the the woman that sings a song obviously erica banks she's a black artist it's just mm. portraying it's black women black it's, black it's blackity black black so again it's not it's not to say that white people can't do this but like white people have a lot of things already (laughs) okay you have a lot of challenges you're shown in a lot of lights majority time positive like 97 percent. unless we're calling you out in the media you are seen as positive all the time you you know your face is put on everything so when there's something that is dominated by black women that is celebrating positive and then a white face is put on it or or Mm. or shown in an article it's kind of like right it's disheartening (laughs) to say the least After all that effort that then is basically co-opted by white media and and they present it as a white thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's the issue with, um, what do they call it? Intellectual, creative, what do they call it? Intellectual property. There we go, got there in the end. Sorry, lawyers, if you're listening. Um, Like Intellectual (laughs) property, especially on social media, is such a hard thing to police because it's like, how can you Mm. dictate who created the first idea? Is it who created the video first? Like, how do you prove that? But when it's kind of unanimously known that it's like a black woman thing, yeah. like how could you yeah. even possibly try to market it as a thing that's like, oh no, like yeah, white women do really, really well at this. Um, yeah. Yeah, I find it a weird flex to be honest. 
Yeah, and I think even, you know, taking it away from TikTok and even looking wider in terms of just digital blackface, I mean... I'm not sure if we've spoken about this on a pod before, but like we look at emails from Pretty Little Thing that are saying, oh. "Hey girl, get you a brand new what?" Like all this stuff, like guys, the I black know it's too much, bro. I know we even the- from the UK. <laughs> do you like, know what I mean? Humble yourself. Do something better. This is what I'm saying. And guys, like I know when things become slang and and just not like normalized, mm. it seems innocent. But we have to actually remember what this roots in. As much as that is cool now, like certain stuff, it's cool, and people say "girl" or like mm, and fleek. Do you remember when people used to say "fleek," bro? Oh. Um, if even people being like Yaz Queen and all mm. this stuff like although people think it like oh it's just funny like it's just cute like these are words that like black people have been policed by and cannot state mm-hmm. like if I run into my work saying Yaz Queen they'd be like who the hell is this uneducated girl that we brought here yeah, but yeah. now like with Kylie Jenner saying it it's now cool and trendy like this is what I'm saying like a lot of this stuff it seems small and it seems like oh like I know, I know and hopefully it's none of our listeners but if it is you hopefully you can be educated i know there will be some people sitting there like us white people can't do anything anymore everything's Mm. racist everything's like i i I am i don't know it's all rooted in white supremacy so yeah you are right in in some ways yeah yeah basically so i i get that it might feel like oh now what now we can't say this now we can't do that but it's more that like you need to think i think a, a lot of the time maybe what, what white people could benefit from to try and understand is like if a black person did this mm. would the response still be the same mm. so if i'm getting a positive response from having um seven bad girl cane rows in my hair and with everyone pink, says pink at the end and glitter with pink at the bottom and people say mm. oh my gosh look at your hair oh my gosh unicorn braids yeah. oh my gosh unicorn style unicorn boxer braid style and everyone thinks you're cool and edgy <laughs> yeah if the if the one black girl at work did this would mm. everyone say it's cool and edgy or would they be whispering and say oh you changed your hair oh how mm. long did that take is that your hair like yeah, <laughs> do you know what i mean you have to just think would the response be the same so like i think something again, similar when... as well oh sorry to cut you do you mm-hmm. want to finish your point and no 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 go on go on no i was just gonna say that i think even going back to like the pretty little thing yes queen yes and like even some <laughs> um of our white women in our office spaces using these using these terms and thinking it's cute and fun you have to remember that a lot of these root are rooted in african-american vernacular english which is a which is yeah. a um a kind of um speech pattern um, on its own mm-hmm. so the fact that you're using this as entertainment and you're picking and choosing which bits are acceptable and which bits aren't and like you said if someone uses a word from AAVE um, mm-hmm. that you would think is unprofessional but you can use it in an email or you can use it when you're texting your friend yeah. as you're taking the piss out of black people like make it make sense yeah. at least be consistent yeah. if it's not if it's not acceptable in one place make it unacceptable everywhere else you can't be saying that someone's yeah. eyebrows are on fleek because you saw it but if someone <laughs> said called their friend dog or whatever like you see that as inappropriate it just how how are you picking and choosing what's acceptable and what isn't yeah yeah offer a speech pattern that isn't even yours literally not yours (laughs) literally literally Um, has a history like (laughs) and it's not yours bro bro i just think yeah like everything on the surface always seems cool and fun and edgy Mm. um but often there's there's a there's layers there's mm. layers um mm-hmm. just like onions work to shrek 
there's layers. Literally, word word to Shrek. I love that scene. Because <laughs> um, even one of the books that I'm currently <laughs> listening to on Audible is called Hood Feminism. And I'm going to figure mm-hmm. out who the um, author is. But basically, mm-hmm. she speaks about... There's a chapter that is like how to write about black women. And it's like a... Mm-hmm. a, a comedy chapter where she's like make sure you're not you're not black no wait how to write about black women make sure you're not black make sure that (laughs) if you can that you don't live in the same neighborhoods as black women so that you can put your own (laughs) white spin on things and the way that she approaches it is actually quite funny um it's by um mickey kendall just in case anyone else is interested in listening to it but it it takes an interesting um, perspective on the responsibility that white feminists have when it comes to equality because Mm -hmm. um you know a lot of white feminists have been criticised for, um, you know, prioritising um, abortion rights, which is absolutely um, necessary, yeah. um, you know, not paying on the first dates, not opening doors, all of those sorts of things, when actually we should be considering the holistic safety and wellness of all women, as opposed to just yeah. considering your privileged position as a white woman. Because if you think that yeah. you're disenfranchised, look at the women um, of different races and different right. class systems and different right. abilities and all of those different things, different sexualities, different gender identities, all yeah. of that. Think about that. And then you'll actually see how you can work together and use your privilege to benefit that. Because once every one of those disenfranchised women um, kind of gets the rights that they deserve, then we can think about who should be opening doors on first dates and who should be paying. But I don't think that's an immediate thing. Whereas in the book, um, Mickey kind of says, like, white women are very much like, no, it's fine. Once we get this right, we'll then focus on (laughs) you guys and your food poverty. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. (laughs) But actually, it should be that first because it's literally a life and death situation. Um, But it's a very very good book. I would recommend it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Literally, yes, everything you're saying, I'm just nodding like, yep. Yep. Mm. And I always, do you know what? I always, this is slightly separate, but slightly connected. Go I on, also hon, find, I always find it so interesting. Like, I know everyone, I don't want to sound stupid, but I know everyone has things that they're passionate about and stuff, but I mm. always find it so interesting. Like, oh, okay. Like, so you really, really are angry that like this model warfare, but you're mm. not going to go to the Black Lives Matter post protests when George Floyd was killed on camera in seven Mm. minutes like I'm just like oh okay so like you're really passionate about animals not being killed and you want the whole world to be vegan but Mm. actual black people who are your human counterparts Mm -hmm. (laughs) are being killed every single day you don't care so you care more but you know what's also funny they don't so they care if someone's wearing fur on a catwalk but they don't care if a white person is wearing an afro so even if we're doing it on a fashion basis on a catwalk you don't see why people are upset about that but you don't understand why people are aren't upset by like i'm against fur as much as the next person Mm -hmm. i I don't really like it but if i'm gonna have to really understand the um impact let's just say um of or how culturally inappropriate it is for a white person to be wearing an afro on a catwalk (laughs) i can really understand that obviously not discounting the fact that animals are literally killed to use fur like i said i'm not a fan of it but i also just think like liv said it's your human counterpart so i feel like there is a certain level of like passion that can be invoked from that yeah yeah, I just I'm gonna say yeah, like I just feel like of course that like, animal rights are definitely important. Like I'm not saying they're not, but I always just find it ironic when people want to like, okay, so you care about 
those lives, but not these lives. Do you know what I mean? Or people that are, mm. you know, those awful, and I'm going to call them awful, awful people that stand outside abortion clinics and want to scream mm. at, you know, the people that are making Horrible. decisions that are best for their lives. And, you know, they're saying all these things. But again, you you know, you're trying to make excuses when, when the police are um, killing and harming black people every day. It's like, okay, so you care about the lives of fetuses but not the ones that are walking around every Word. day okay like i just i just find it quite interesting as i said earlier mm. um mm. so yeah there's just lots of parallels um yeah this i feel like this whole this whole conversation today has been about parallels and just yeah it's been about parallels and how everything is is intersected and i think liv really um hit the nail on the head when she said if you feel like something is cool question yourself that if a black person did it who is in a in a poorer position than you so whether Mm -hmm. that be class ability sexuality any of that did it would you see as cool edgy fun cool yeah or would you see (laughs) as a ghetto oh my gosh get out of my way you might rob me dangerous so yeah. that's just a question that we're going to leave you with. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's pull some cards as we bring this episode to an end. I actually have a couple. I have one mm. from the Love and Relationships Affirmation deck. Um, and that card is No Scorekeeping. And it's got some dinosaurs. Mm. Looks like one's running away with a record. And they've <laughs> all got T-shirts on. Quite confusing, okay. but I'm hoping it makes the message make sense. So it says, I cut ties with past conflicts and make my personal life a clean, shiny slate. Beginning this moment, everything is new. When an old grievance repeats itself in my head, I introduce it to my new head tenants, tolerance and equanimity. Then I give it its stupid T-shirts and records (laughs) back and tell it to leave. I get it now. I I get it. I I love that. Nice. And then I have another one. Which I love, actually. This is from the Kelechi Spiritual Seasoning for the Soul um, deck. So this one is number five. And it's you will only meet others as far as you've met yourself. And the additional um, guidance is humans operate from a place of limited understanding. As the understanding and relationships with your higher self grows, you will have compassion not just for your journey, but the journey that fellow souls are on too. Of course, it can be frustrating when people don't get it. But remember that at some point in your life, you have also acted from a place of misremembering your divinity. And that's that Ooh. on that for all the black women. Listening. Misremembering your divinity. Okay. Mm. Okay, well, I'm going to copy and I'm going to do two as well. Um, so I'm going to read one. Um, it's just a short affirmation from um, Kitch Noir, who um, is kitchnoir.com. She is a black owned business and she does um, stationery. Um, and I've got a diary and matching calendar from her. Um, so February's affirmation is as an empowered woman, I empower women. And that's yes. period. Um, and I'm just going to quickly plug myself on Friday evenings um, until I can no longer be bothered. I will be doing um, <laughs> polls and question boxes on Without the Filter. That's Without the Filter on Instagram. Um, and yeah, we, we, we have a little community space and we have a little chat and we get a bit closer, a little bit vulnerable. Um, and yeah, you can catch that on Friday nights and all day Saturday. And then on Sunday, we have a little review of the results. Um, and so on the second affirmation card, um, this one says no need to do. And we've got a fox in a hammock. Don't you think hammocks are so Love cool? That. I really want a hammock. One of my life goals is to have a hammock. 
That's amazing. So you're not you're not living the in the bar Eden. is low, but <laughs> I mean, I I would love to have a hammock if I'm living abroad. But I also, if I don't make it abroad, I want to have a hammock in England as well. Really? What? Just in your front room? Yeah, maybe if I have like a conservatory, I can just have a hammock. Oh, nice, nice, nice little green room thing. Mm. Yeah, okay, so yeah, okay. little little warm beach kind of vibe. I, I'm with you. Okay, no need to. So, oh, sorry. So the fox is in the hammock and. Um, one of the sticks holding up the hammock says, do this. And the other one on the opposite side says, do that. And they're pointing in different arrows. And it says, mm. I am exactly where I need to be, exactly when I need to be. There's nothing more I need to do. I mean, yes, there will always be laundry and taxes. But in terms of my life's path, I do not need to do anything because I am already here. I take a deep breath, relax and trust and then do laundry. <laughs> oh, I love that. That is really cute. I guess it's it's nice as well as we enter a new month to just remember that as much as things feel like they're going full speed, we are still in a panoramic and like you do need to look after yourself and put yourself first as much as possible. Um, yeah, that I feel like that's a self drag as well. So I'm gonna. Be I am screaming. To my own <laughs> advice there. <laughs> no, no, definitely. Well, um, also before I don't think I said this as a reminder, so I, um, Big Bad and Wearing a Badge featuring Ola Awayo is episode twenty one. Oh, perfect! Um, thank just you. in case you wanted to go back and listen to that. Um, so thank you so much for rocking with us this episode, guys. Livy Lou, where can they find us? You can find us at the Rebound Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can hashtag the Rebound Pod to continue all the conversations. Also, thank you to all our new listeners that have been running Love up the her. episodes. Running um, welcome. It up welcome um it's only up from here um mm. you can find khadija at khadija underscore rose and me at olivia perlita also you called me khadija and i was like who's that what <laughs> so you can find khadija um thank you so much for rocking with us today guys and we will catch you in the next one bye, bye.